Hello, friends. We are back once more. Mm-hmm. Um, second novella in the Skyward series by Brandon Sanderson. This one is called Read On, and it takes place basically immediately after Sunreach, but before, as far as we know, before Cytonic. Yep. And we're just going to do one full discussion of it, since it's a short um, novella. It's a little bit longer than Sunreach, it's about 220 pages, but still short enough so we can we can just cover it in one, one go. Mm-hmm. Alright, first highlight. Well, okay, so this is from the point of view of uh, Anakin, which is the alien who shows up on Detritus and then quickly zoinks out of it. Um, and her planet is Breedon? I'm pretty sure. Yes. Alright. <clears throat> and there's like some politics over there and and um, who are the bad guys? Um, Whatever the... Well, that's a complicated question. We'll get to it the, with the highlights. The bad guys have their fingers dug into Breedon, so mm-hmm. Anakin is... Uh, feeling the wrath, I suppose, of them. But anyway, that plays out. Page 19, first highlight. Even though I hadn't made it to the tryouts, discovering that our old human allies were still alive and fighting should have been a victory. But then those former allies kept me unconscious for weeks, woke me only when they needed something, and then treated me like a prisoner. Like, well, shows the point. (laughs) Which is why she zoinked out. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I was kind of shady how they kept her. Well, I don't think they kept her unconscious like on purpose. They just didn't know how to heal her. Yeah. You know, whole alien anatomy. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, through this whole book, it, uh, what's her name again? Anakin. 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 Alanik. Right. Oh, wow! I really love. Yeah, Alanik. <laughs> yeah, Alanik. You can tell that she's like a very young teenager. Mm. You know, she has a, a very simplistic mindset about some of the the, the struggles that that are going on in the world. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and a little bit gunho acts before she thinks, kind of thing, um, which was mixed feelings from my part. Like, ugh, why would she do that? But at the same mm. time, well, I guess it makes sense considering. You know the kind of character she is. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it kind of all in all makes for a bit of an annoying character. Yeah, I found her a little bit annoying. That's that's the end of it. Yeah. Page twenty-two. It's <clears throat> Quilan. I said he wasn't a teleporter, but he did have access to cytonic skills I hadn't yet been able to access, including conscious bolts and mind blades. Ooh, mm. magical skills. <laughs> Dimensional shackles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I highlighted this because it, it, it starts introducing complications or, or I guess, um, a more extensive look into the whole power scheme of, mm-hmm. of the Cytonics. Um, so not only can they teleport now, but they can also communicate and they do these conscious bolts and mind blade things and who knows what else they can do. Mm. Quickly becoming a little bit stormlight here. <laughs> Page 34. Had those animals just hyperjumped? Jordan, the yellow one said. I took a step back into the corner. They talked? 
Hi, Snuggles! <laughs> the pink translated Snuggles as a cuddle in action, but the slug looked too spiky to cuddle with me. Jorgen shot an irritated glance at FM. I told you, we're working on that state command. We're working on it. It was pretty, really good, but... <laughs> yeah. So last um, podcast, we mentioned that they, their whole training scheme got them into trouble because it was a little bit too simple commands. Um, and I, now it's getting introduced into it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, we get like hijinks too from Onyx translator because they're a little bit of... I'm, you know, translator is probably very, very dictionary-like. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the things that the characters say are just like slang for other things. It's <laughs> yeah. just like, wait, snuggles? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially one that's spiky. Mm. 42. <clears throat> what are you doing with the Tanix anyway? Bonding, Ethan said. I shouldn't say too much, but it's a new program the pilots are trying out. <laughs> no, it's a helping on you, puppy. <laughs> 43. Jurgen had the key to the inhibitor in his mind, but he hadn't known it existed. I wonder if being born here attuned him mm. to it somehow. That would also explain why the slugs could use their abilities as well. So, turns out that Demetrius has like a whole shield around the planet, mm -hmm. and that prevents people from teleporting to it unless they have this thing called the key, which is some sort of mental imprint thing. Alanik mm -hmm. um, uh, is suggesting that Jorkin automatically develops this key because he was raised here and he spent so much time here. Mm -hmm. But in order to allow um, other people like Alanik to, to travel by, uh, into this planet by, you know, by satonic skills, mm -hmm. she needed that imprint key thingamajig. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jorgen barely knows how to use his powers, so he's like, oh. yeah. <laughs> 54. That can use mind blades? What's a mind blade? Mind blades were on a banned satonic ability. If this creature could produce them, then it must be a powerful Cytonic lifeform. Though the idea that it could produce a mind blade when I couldn't was frankly a little insulting. <laughs> yeah, lady, deal with it. <laughs> Slugs are better than you. <clears throat> 59. One of your ancient writers even preserved bits of our language so that when we began to travel across the universe, some of our people could speak to mine. I never read the book though, now I wish mm. I had. There were still a few copies on read on. Something about a ring. Mm. <laughs> nice. So this is like <laughs> Um I think it's 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 like a little yeah, um, Easter egg. Like a little Easter egg for Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like a Rosetta Stone. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's like saying, hey, the, the language of the elves is actually a secret alien language. <laughs> 62 <clears throat> You can't order them to do it I repeated Correct, Cobb said I have been absolutely and expressly forbidden From ordering you to do cl What clearly and obviously needs to be done For the good of Detroit and our people uh, But anyway <laughs> Okay, Cobb <laughs> I, I actually like that Jorgen was like Okay, so we won't do it And everyone's around He was like, do it Oh my, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jordan. <laughs> <clears throat> 74. Where is Spenza? You said she was gone again. Was she taken by superiority? No. She's lost somewhere in the nowhere. Mm. That place you passed when you were hyping you. The place with the eyes. Yes. Them negative rows. 
Ooh. The upside down. Oh my goodness. So I can't remember what happened to Spencer like at the end of book uh, two, but apparently she's lost in the, in the negative, realm. negative realm. Yeah. Yeah. Something about trying to jump and then screwing it up. I think it might have had something to do with not having Imbot. Mm. Just a lot of things going wrong. And now she's stuck there, as far as we know, during all of the events of Sunreach and Redon. Yeah, um, I'm gonna need to read like a summary before I read Cytonic. Yeah. <laughs> Page 89. How do you do that? I asked Jorgen. I send the slugs and image of a location, and then we ask nicely. You ask nicely. It's not the only way, but it's ours. Mm. Aww. Mm. See, they don't scare them anymore. That's good. Mm. BFFs. BFFs. I also, I thought I highlighted it. Um, <laughs> but basically, initially, <clears throat> you know, they were all wary of... Alanique and like you know don't give her our secrets and then they <laughs> introduce the slugs and she's like what's with the slugs and they're like we're she's <laughs> we're bonding and she's <laughs> like, okay and then now all of a sudden they're like I'm gonna tell you all of our secrets and what we do with the slugs <laughs> and she's just like keeping quiet like oh interesting oh, thank you. meanwhile like gathering all this information <laughs> yeah <laughs> kids yeah at the start they were like don't tell her anything mm -hmm. but then a few things slip out and then they were like well My we're gonna help her anyway so here you go no Terrible spine. <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> 102. It is time to set aside our differences, Renekeen continued. In the name of progress for Redon, I would like to announce a bipartisan cooperation with the superiority. That was rotten wood. Renekeen was using nearly the exact words Natalise had used in her announcement during the game. Ooh. Okay, so some background on Redon. Um, they are two political parties in Redon. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Unity and progress. Mm. And like their word implies, uh, they, they cater to different views on how they should proceed. Um, Alanique is very strongly with, um, I think, progress, right? Unity? Uh, Unity and something. I can't remember. Um, yes, Alanik was like a key member of Progress, uh, and her family members were, you know, the very important political um, figures in the party. Mm -hmm. And then the Unity was the other party, and they were actually getting together with the superiority, like, hey, mm -hmm. help us out, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically Redone is in this political struggle <laughs> of people that want their independence versus people that just want to like, let the superiority do their thing in, in order to have peace. You know, it's not, it's not an easy answer to say one is better than the other, um, but Alanik, it's it's very, very um, forward with her choice of political party and she's like, no, screw the other people, we're just gonna do what, what my political party is doing mm. because it's the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> but through the book, we see we see that mindset kind of like get shut down. Like, are you yeah. sure this is what you want? Right. You know, all these people are gonna die, and she's like, "Oh shit, mm. I'm actually gonna kill them." You know, she she starts facing some rough decisions. Like, it's not simply black and white. Right. So us, it never is. 
Yeah, I was an interesting thing to put into the book. Not really my cup of tea, but I appreciate、yeah. the fact that <clears throat> that it's in the book and、mm-hmm. it gets addressed. Yeah, it's definitely like more politics shoved into this novella than.、Yeah. I mean, I guess there was some in the second book where she goes to. Where Spencer goes to like the training planet and like finds things out and such.、Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess if I had a choice between space and politics, I would choose politics. Oh, <laughs> can't、least. agree with you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel Spencer had it a little bit easier. I feel than the Anik because Spencer, you know, she she's like, oh, I think back in book two she was like, they're just mistreating all the humans. I gotta save the humans because、mm. we're being mistreated. And then she meets like one of the humans, I think.、And、it turns out that she was all about being treated like that. I guess that's what she knew. So her her political conflicts were were a little bit more simplistic, or at least easier to to understand that hey, what they're doing is evil versus what's、mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, politics are not my favorite. One thirteen. <clears throat> Can we trust you? You already have. You did it when you left your planet with、no. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that ship has sailed, Arturo. Trying to tell all our secrets. Fish one sixteen. But sometimes they mess up, and someone says something like "I miss H O M E,"、mm-hmm. and their slug takes them to the engineering bay on Platform Prime, which、mm-hmm. is only an inconvenience if they say they were say in the mess hall or something. Kill inside, but it's a lot more annoying if you were about to climb into a cleansing pod naked the day you were born. <laughs> Not that she would know, I fancy.、So. Mm-hmm. Bless the stars of the Starle engineers. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> someone had a little bit of an adventure there.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of again. I keep saying tra- like training a puppy, because now、mm-hmm. every time I say C O O K I E,、mm-hmm. someone gets、uh, really excited, and、yeah. then you're like, "Oh, what am I doing?"、Uh-huh, One、yeah. seventeen. <laughs> <clears throat> Are those the only commands they answer to? Uh, I asked. The humans were freely giving up the details on how to use their hyperdrives, but、uh, I wasn't going to point this out to them.、Uh, yeah, because they're dumb.、Uh, uh, I guess by that point they decided they were going to trust her, even though. Yeah. I feel like she didn't really do a whole lot to prove that she should be trusted. Like, like at one point she feels guilty. Like you guys are just telling me everything. Let me just tell you one or two things that I know about being Titanic. One twenty one. My grandparents were encouraged to find a mate pair young,、mm. so we can have children while our parents are still young and healthy enough to raise the children. Parents have to work to support their families. They don't have time or energy for childcare. Besides, we only have two of them. When there are at least four grandparents、mm. involved, so the odds of one of them being able to take care of the children is so much higher than with parents. Huh? I get that does make sense when you put it that way. Oh my God! This, was, this blew my mind. So. What? Okay,、saying? I'll summarize. She's saying, so. So the parents. Okay.、No. Um, Alanik was telling the humans like, "Oh, I was raised by my grandparents."、Mm. 
and the humans are like, oh, really interesting. In our culture, our parents raised us.、Mm-hmm. And she's like, that doesn't make any sense because <laughs> your parents are busy working.、Uh-huh. Your grandparents are already retired. Plus,、uh-huh. you have four grandparents, so it means you have a lot more resources to help take care of the children. You would think, yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, this makes so much sense.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, man. I, you know, I was raised with my grandparents, so I, I. I'm, I'm biased on this point、yeah. of view, but it, I it just—it's amazing because you know that's true.、Mm-hmm. Parents are always busy, like going to work most of the day and all that.、Right. Like, and then the they grandparents barely have any time to raise the children. They just go to school and have someone else take care of you. Yeah. And then the grandparents are just sitting around chilling most、yeah. of the day. But it makes perfect sense to bring the kids. I wonder if other cultures do that, like here in, in, in real world. I mean, I'm sure. It makes so much sense. It just blew my mind. Like, why is this not a thing? <laughs> yeah, or or at the very least, like, have the grandparents be like the de facto babysitters during the day, and then you know,、yeah. mom and dad comes picks them up and whatnot. Yeah, and all the families do this, but it's it's not considered the norm. Right. Like, it's it's pretty it's pretty usual to see like, oh yeah, my grandparents you know they care of me, but it's not、mm. the norm to say yeah my grandparents raised me. Right. Correct. It's. it's It's amazing. <laughs> you identified with an alien, babe. Yeah.、Oh. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> When you put it that way, it still makes sense. Like logistically, it makes so much sense.、Like. Yeah, but the only like negative to that is, you know. When it comes to age, you know, the ideal parent is like, you know, hype and fit and like go out and do things and play soccer. Meanwhile, grandpa's like, oh my back. <laughs> Except、so. the parents are super busy. On the weekends. <laughs> At that point, see, that's where you shift the roles. Grandparents take care of them during the week,、mm. and then the parents take them during the weekends because they have the time and the energy. Ah, yeah. Very very interesting.、Mm. Page one thirty three. I could feel them answering me. Some of them hungrier than others. All of them searching for social connection, like it was the thing they longed for the most. Those things had relationship with each other's long before the humans captured them. I realized, but they saw humans not as kidnappers, but a joyous addition to their family. No.、Mm. So the slugs. Again with the whole dog comparison, <laughs> slugs have like a genetic or innate relationship of、mm. trusting humans、mm. and getting along with them.、Um, <clears throat> so apparently, this has been going on for for a long time. Yeah. One eighty one. Spencer had a ship she found on the Tritus. It had holographic technology that let her pretend to be you. I remember FM and Jorgen saying something about that, and the superiors stole it. I think they must have gotten their hands on her chip, and they already knew she's been using a hologram to look like you. So they would have been searching for intentional,、uh, searching for it intentionally. So this is when they realized that、um, something happened with Spencer. Well, they realized that some, that the superiors stole Spencer's holographic technology.、Mm. So the, what had happened politically in Redon was that. Alatnik's father had been showing out in public, saying, "We must work together with unity、mm. and cooperate with the superiority."、Mm. And Alatnik was like, "What the fuck? That's not what my dad usually says."、Right. 
And they realize, oh, it's just not your dad. It's someone using the holographic technology to pretend to be him. Right. How did they get that? Oh, well, they could have stolen it from Spencer. Yep. And I hope, I hope that in the next books, this doesn't become a thing because no, <laughs> anyone could be anyone using this technology. And that sounds like annoying. It does sound annoying, but at least you know that if it's going to be a thing, it's going to be from the superiority. So like whatever Mm. this potential hologram uh, is doing will be like sketchy. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I just, I hope they don't overuse it because it's it's like (laughs) time traveling magic. The moment you introduce it, like all the whole plot could just become undone with a simple time traveling. Yeah. And then, like, one holographic character just screws everything up. Yeah, you could go to, like, the whole book, mm-hmm. and then towards the end, it turns out that wasn't Spencer, that was just some other girl. You see, like, oh. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what happens in this book in Redon. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I hope it's, yeah, you're right. I hope it's not <laughs> overused. Or used at all, preferably. <laughs> I'm hoping they'll find, like, a. Like a slug that can detect them real quick. Like, oh, this slug can detect fake people. <laughs> mm. <sighs> 184. <clears throat> Maybe that was was how I was going to sell this alliance to the rest of my people. If they couldn't see the sense in saving themselves from the, from the superiority, they could always be counted on to want their team to win. Politics. Mm. 204. I am not glad he's dead. But I'm glad I'm still alive. I wish it had gone all differently, but I don't know what I would have changed. Or if I had even had the power to change it. So this is Alanik's first encounter with killing someone. Oh. Arturo is like, hey, um, you know, we fight, but we don't really kill people we know. Um, so this was a been hard yes. for you to kill someone that you know right because like, like when you're doing pew pew in space you just shoot the enemy and then like okay on to the next one like pick mm-hmm. a different target basically yeah yeah um <clears throat> so yeah this was the first time Anik had to deal with the fact that she's killed someone that you know she was well acquainted with yeah i think it's always interesting when books kind of introduce that um because i mean it is pretty important like, you know, you're watching a movie and they just, you know, guns raised and and kill everybody in sight. It's like, don't they, like, have feelings? <laughs> How are you feeling right now? Are you okay? Oh, yeah. You need, like, a break. Oh, Take deep breaths. Oh, exactly. Glass of milk. <laughs> oh. Speaking of glass of milk, page 207. These bad suckers are looking to trade me for their own freedom, Grand Grand said. Who's trying to trade you? Some bottom feeders from the National Assembly. Is Jesha wait with them? She is. Why are you my wrinkle behind? Mm-hmm. They brought that blue alien too, and the alien isn't happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Grand Grand. Yeah. Also, I think the name Grand Grand for a grandma is funny. <laughs> Grand Grand. The grandest Grand. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, plot summary, the superiority was negotiating with the humans, like, hey guys, just cooperate with us and you can have peace and quiet. Mm. And this, and the, the humans were like, well, maybe we should give it a try, it's probably our only hope to end this war. 
so they decide to go meet them and do some negotiations but they're like yeah sure but when you come bring um bring the the kuna guy with the the he was like a defector from the superiority yeah a superiority ambassador that actually liked humans and and bring your cytonics and mm-hmm. the only one they could find was Grand Grand. So they brought all of them together and, you know. Sacrifice, basically. Well, yeah, they told them we're just gonna have a nice, cool meeting, discuss <laughs> peace, but it what? was a trap. It was a trap. <laughs> Everyone saw it except for them. Yeah. Page 221. Go! Just yelled through the glass at Jorgen. Her voice was faint, but I could make out what she said next. Do better than we did. Mm. We weren't gonna be able to save them. So Gran Gran was able to escape. Um, but Jeshua, which was Jorgen's <clears throat> mom, wasn't able to escape. Like he couldn't get to her in time. Mm. That she was like in some sort of enclosure that he couldn't help her with. Mm. This was a huge sacrifice for Jorgen. Like, oh, I gotta, gotta let her go. Right. And the mom is like, well. Your only hope. Yeah. The better than what we did. Oh. Yeah. That's it. That was the last. Oh. That was highlight. That's it. Yeah. So the next novella is called Evershore, and it takes um, Jorgen's oh. point of view, and it's after Cytonic. So. And that has that been really? Wait. Yes, it has. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they release Cytonic, then they release Evershore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <clears throat> order. Um, so uh, I didn't like this one as much, um, mainly because I wasn't too fond of Anik. Mm. Um, but I did like the you know the underlying plot and 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 the fact that you know they, they were able to the humans were able to develop their. They control of the slugs better. They actually develop a relationship with them. Mm. Um, they know how to use the the weird thing that's on the on their orbit that's protecting them. They know oh, how to use that better. Like the shield thing. Yeah, the shield thing. Um, and now they're you know they met the redon people and they have some sort of relationship with them as well. Mm. So overall, I like the the progress. But yeah, yeah, I wasn't too. I, I liked Sunrich more. I like the the FM point of view better. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, it was a book in space. <laughs> Although, I think aside from several mm. uh, battles, I guess they were mostly like on solid ground, yeah. and there was less annoying narrator like Tainix speak and <laughs> like really high pitched like fine and fine <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know and then like there were politics but I didn't really care about the politics I didn't really care about Alanique um mm. and teenagers will teenager child oh yeah this was the one with the whole love thing like Alani was falling far too right thing or something I don't care <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that well I was like man yeah, well, I don't know. I think Sanderson was like, what do kids like? Love. Well, Throw it in there. <laughs> I don't... I, this was written by Jancy Patterson, I think. No. Yeah, like, I think Sanderson helped her write it, but it was mostly Jancy oh. Patterson that wrote this, this novella. 
I thought her name was Olivia because she was like the illustrator. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she actually, she actually did oh. most of the. I'm guessing like Sanderson probably provided like this is what needs to happen in the plot, and these are the key points, and you can figure out like, like you know the whole go about doing this thing. So the, their whole relationship oh. with people. That's probably all done by Jancy. And you can and in the epilogue he says it too, like, hey, thanks for thanks Jancy for figuring out like all this relationship crap that kids like. <laughs> well that explains a lot then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that explains a lot. Um so I take back what I said about Brandon either <laughs> out loud or in my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, you tell. Uh, uh eh, okay. reading. Um <laughs> Three political parties. Oh, but there's only two. No, no, there could only be two. Uh, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, uh, it was okay. Not my favorite. Um, like, it's mainly because I hate politics. <laughs> but if I if I didn't hate politics, I would have thought this was a good book. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm gonna give it again two point seven five. Um, tree dwelling aliens. Oh yeah, that's right. Those were like the avatar people and just like right. The- <laughs> um, it was okay. It's not my favorite for the same reasons you said. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of wondering <clears throat> how all of these things are going to lead to Cytonic. Yeah, uh, probably not. Like, well, okay, uh, yeah, they're well, like. I was gonna say like some things are gonna tie to Cytonic, like the fact that they can control the slugs much better, uh-huh. and the fact that they no longer trust the superiority to to do like a peace treaty with them. Mm. Um, but I think like the details, like <clears throat> political parties in Redon or whatever, they, they're just gonna shove them to the side. Yeah, I don't think. I I also don't know if Alanique is going to be a major character in Cytonic anyway. I mean, perhaps. Oh. Hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she might though, only because she is Titanic and and you know uh, Jorgen and them helped her, so maybe she'll help Jorgen and them try to find Spencer. Yeah. Which maybe. is, I mean, how? Because otherwise, like, how could Grand Grand or Jorgen figure out where um, Spencer is without Alanique? So, but I hope Brandon Sanderson writes her better. Yeah. <laughs> not as annoying. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, one thing that you reminded me with the whole tree living thing, um, it's it was interesting that the culture of the people on Redon focused a lot on sports, quote unquote, like the whole unity versus progress thing. Mm. They they developed their their army, quote unquote, or their fighting force through like a sports system, like mm. they, they would compete with each other and game points. And mm-hmm. like the very first time Alanik fought, she was like, yeah, I'm a good sports player, but I haven't really actually shot anyone down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that, that was an interesting take on it. Yeah. It, you explaining it like that in like simplistic terms uh, for the book reminds me of Ender's Game. Mm. Yeah, bit. exactly. Um, exactly. So I wonder if, you know, they drew Into- some of that. Yeah, inspiration, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, that's all we got. Um, Hopefully Satanic is better. Yeah, yeah. I think our next... Board. <laughs> yeah. Our next discussion will be Under the Whispering Door by TJ Cluen. Yes. 
Um, so look forward to that. Thank you for joining us. Bye.